Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We've got all all kinds of things to discuss. Plenty of college football topics out there. Oklahoma has hired co-offensive coordinators. College football rankings, college football playoff rankings came out, the next-to-last version, and there was some People doing some head scratching on the Twitter sphere last night because they felt like their team was being snubbed. So we'll talk about that. And then we're not going to have time to necessarily discuss all the scenarios that are possible, you know. So I guess my question is to you guys out there, which scenarios do you want us to discuss tomorrow? We can do it tomorrow, you know what I mean? Like what happens here, What you know, who's in, who's out, da-da-da-da-da. So which one of those are you most interested in? And then we can, you know, jot them down or what have you, and then we can really take a deep dive into a bunch of the college football stuff tomorrow. Why is that tomorrow? Because today is going to be pretty high school basketball heavy. Elkett head coach Sean Ham is going to come join us here at nine thirty. Get his thoughts on the upcoming season as the Elk City basketball teams will tip off their season Friday night over in Weatherford. Coach Ham's got some players back, lost some of the last year's team, but a bunch of young ones. People are really super excited about moving up through the ranks of the Elkett basketball program. So we'll give uh, get Coach Ham's thoughts on that. And then tomorrow we'll have Coach Stevens, Coach Sam Stevens of the Big Elks, will join us to talk about the upcoming season for the Brown and White as they open. I don't think we could possibly think of a tougher opening game on the schedule than having to go to Weatherford. But we'll see. You know, get a, get an idea, a little measuring stick right off the bat, right? It's the way it happened last year as well. So we'll have – both Oak City coaches in this week, Sean Ham today and Coach Stevens tomorrow. Talk about some high school hoops from last night. We're getting closer. I really thought it was yesterday or Monday, but it's next Monday. We're getting closer to the first set of rankings released. I was so excited to talk about the rankings this morning, and then I went to this page and realized uh, it's next week. One more week. Darn it. Uh, but that's coming up, and so let's make some guesses. Had some teams in the Paragon Network or teams out in the you know in uh, Western Oklahoma, if and where they might be ranked coming up um, next week on Monday once those rankings are released on Monday afternoon. So we hit that the games last night. Also, something that we've kind of missed. I mean, everything's so busy when the week starts, right? Oh yeah. But how about Dale? Did you see that? Yeah, where they went out of state. Where'd they go? They went to uh, Illinois. Illinois, and yeah. it was a tournament of exclusively made up of invites to reigning state championship teams. And they proceeded to acquit themselves unbelievably well at that tournament. Dayton Forsyth, the OU signee, MVP of that tournament. I mean, they played some highly ranked teams across the country. We can hit that. And then next Wednesday... We're going to debut. It's Wednesday. I'm thinking Wednesday is going to kind of be the high school basketball day. I like it. You know, we've got games on Tuesday nights. Looking forward to games on Friday or even like next week. There will be tournaments all over the place that different teams are going to. And so we're going to uh, – are we going to call it the pick and roll? You know, we did that pick and roll show yeah, on Paragon that. Yeah. TV a few years back. The give and go. The give and – the. The skinny on sports, give and go. Because we're gonna be going a lot pretty quick. Be we're gonna have some of the something like that, yeah. Some of the uh, the guy the guys and gals that follow the teams in the Paragon Network. I know we've got Lake. Lake said he would be in to do this. Luke over at uh, Rappo Butler, and then also uh, Talon out at Eric for sure. We kind of got them committed, so we can uh, go around the horn a little bit. 
as we uh, talk about uh, the basketball. So that's something that's going to be coming up on Wednesdays throughout the basketball season in the high school ranks. 225-9698 is the photo of the text line. That is 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about all of those things or anything else that might be on your mind. Feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, you can stay in touch with the show a couple of ways. You can log on to kadsam.com or download the app. The app has it all. It's got radio, the Penny News, brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight, thepennynews.com. That's how you check that out, outside of the app. Or you can also um, check out Big Elk and Paragon TV. There's high school hoops on Paragon TV last night. Everybody will be playing on Friday almost. So lots and lots of high school basketball from here through the end of uh, February into the 1st of March. And then, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. You can find that anywhere. Anywhere podcasts are available. How are you today, Jared? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day outside. One one step closer to uh, the basketball season starting for Elk City. Also, another thing that we can get to is um, in the high school ranks yesterday. It was a pretty cool uh, ceremony. I got to attend the, the uh, signing ceremony of Cash Mayfield. That's right. Who uh, has been committed to play baseball at Oklahoma State since before he even threw a varsity pitch here at Elk City. And so he finally uh, made it official yesterday, put pen to paper. And so Cash will be joining the Oklahoma State Cowboys baseball team starting next year. Uh, it was interesting, to, uh, you know, when you're at those things, and it's, you know, sometimes like your season's over, right? Uh-huh. When when those signing ceremonies happen, a lot of times it's that way. You know, unless you're playing this week in football, you know, if somebody's, you know, of course it hadn't happened yet, but like in December, signing day for football, well, the season's over. But in, in this case, you know, the season is still yet to come in the spring. So that was kind of an interesting, like, yeah, this is great, and this is awesome. Like for him, I mean, I'm not even saying like everybody there. Like he got some thoughts from him that I guess we could play uh, about this. But he he talked about, yeah, this is great and it's a it's a lifelong dream, yeah, and this and that. But there's still things that they need to be handled coming up in the spring, like go win a state championship, right? You know, right? Here, I tell you what, let's play this. If you didn't hear it last night, I had it on the sports report. But here is uh, the first one is going to be him talking about um, how basically how easy a decision it was uh, because of his love for uh, for Oklahoma State. I've always been an Oklahoma State fan ever since I was little. Both my parents went there for college, and we've just been kind of been based around that college. And um, I mean. I ended up having a few phone calls with other colleges, but Oklahoma State had like a special place in my heart, and I just went ahead and just, just stood there because it felt a little more like home. It, it's been kind of odd. I mean, you never even heard anything since he committed there. There wasn't – you never even really heard any sort of wavering through the through the grapevine at all. No. Just say, I'm going to OSU and yeah. kind of get an idea of it there. I, I gave you some numbers yesterday. I was having you guys guess because I, I added this stuff up. I about fell down on one of them. So his last, his freshman year, he really didn't throw much. Kind of some, a little bit of like shoulder trouble, I think it was. So he, he didn't throw hardly at all. I, I do remember him in the regional up at uh, at Heritage Hall. He was out there for a little bit. But so the last two years have been really kind of the two in the for the high school seasons that he's been out there game after game. Um in, in kind in of the in, rotation, you know, in the, and, yeah, the yeah. ace of the rotation, right? And so, in the last two years, he has thrown ninety-two and one-third innings, and in those ninety-two and a third, that means he he has faced three hundred and forty-eight hitters in those ninety-two and a third innings. He has given up eleven earned runs, twenty-nine hits, and the number that was almost jaw-dropping because if you think, okay. Half of you know basically three fifty is one hundred and seventy five. So if you're striking out half the dudes, that's one seventy five. He struck out two ten of the three forty eight. That that was the one where I was adding up like, oh my goodness, <laughs> to do the numbers twice to make sure yeah, you didn't miss like, anything. Whoa, yeah. Wait a 
Yeah, 210 Ks, and he, he walked 38. And that number, it was from his junior year or his sophomore year to his junior year, was cut in half. Almost literally in half. From 25 his sophomore year to 13 a year ago. So if you just kind of keep on ex- extrapolating that out with a similar number of, of hitters faced, he's basically at this point would be striking out, say, 120 and walking five or six. <laughs> and That's it's, unreal. It's pretty crazy. Uh, so, but congratulations to Cash. Uh, but I got to ask the, the question everyone's on. That's Yes, he's committed, but will he go? You're mentioning mentioning numbers that are going to get a lot of major league scouts' attention here. Sorry, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm I just going to. I'm asking people. the question. No, I mean, I don't know if you asked him or talked to him about it. Was the subject even broached? Or that and th- these are incredible numbers. I'm sure a lot of OSU fans are hoping I'm wrong here, and a lot of OU fans are, man, I don't want to see this dude, or I guess Big Twelve fans. So what is uh, what is what are his chances? Are, are you looking up some some uh, early uh, prospect stuff? Yeah. Uh, this is all it's all college kids. It's everybody. This is just college. I mean that discussion is going to have to be had. I mean I got a feeling. Um. There's going to be uh, pretty interesting crowds at some Big Elk baseball games with a lot of uh, contraptions pointing at him when he pitches. I mean, do they even use the the jugs thing anymore? Or do they have the little pocket one? Uh, a couple <laughs> years ago, when I was watching, uh, oh, what was that guy's name? Jackson Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, no, no, no. at Heritage Hall, yeah. they they still had the jugs guns. Okay, I wonder if those are more accurate than the others, than the, the the smaller ones that look like a phone. Especially, I mean, if they're playing in the metro area. I bet you that place will be. Gonna, he's going to get a lot of attention. That's what I'm going to be watching for. Point is, his 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 future is very bright. Can't find anything. I'm looking. I don't know if I'm in the right year. Here it is. So this one says number 199. I, I'm telling you right now, it's higher than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, there's always that oppor- there's opportunity. I, I thought one thing that was pretty interesting uh, in talking to him, and we play this sound too, I asked him, you know, when you, when you hear those numbers – from the first couple of years, you think, my gosh, I mean, how good is the guy? And so my question to him was, what can you improve on? Good question. In your senior year. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, you're mentioning numbers, they get better and better each year. I mean, yeah. how do you get better from that? Here's what he had to say. I'm probably going to have to say something about having some of that body language. I feel like some of my body language can kind of affect some of the team because I have caught on to it. I can easily kind of like bring that up a little bit because they do feed off of that. So like they know it's like – uh, they see how you work and they see how you act, and it kind of feeds off onto the team. So if I if I act like I've been there before, I mean, then that'll just feed off to the team, and we'll kind of come up together. It's a good response. Uh, it's a grown up response, I think. In in, in a team, in, you know, his his answer wasn't <clears throat> how can I get better. It's how can I get better to help the team. Here here's this one. Um, let me see what this website is. Uh, just prospects live MLB draft number seven, <clears throat> the number seventeen high school. Number seventeen. Number seventeen, and as far as high school players, do we so, know any scouts? You know, that's. Do we know any scouts around here? Maybe top couple rounds. If I mean, what are there thirty? Yeah. It's top couple rounds, and then at that point, and I don't know what the money looks like. Millions, even in two rounds. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But good point on the text line with the uh, nil capabilities. That changes things a little bit, maybe. 
to where you know, you're not forced to have to take the money and go on the pro side of things. You could make money and stay in college if that's something good that you point. want to, depending on you know how much it is. I mean, the, that is a good point. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I, I can assure you, <clears throat> probably any old game you want to go out to Ackley Park this spring, if you just sit down in the stands, you will see Jugs guns <laughs> in the crowd. I would guess just about every single one of them. Just any time. We need to find a scout. We need to get them on the air. I wonder if we know any. Call Billy Bean, Brad Pitt. Yeah. I watched that movie the other day. That's a great You know, it's movie. weird because you, you see, the, like on uh, like Facebook or, or Instagram, you see the reels. All of a sudden, the, these movie clips are starting to make it Yeah. into uh, into the reels. And that's that's a, Moneyball is one of those. There's two movies that it seems like uh, are always there. Moneyball and Draft Day just pop up. Yeah, you know it's kind of. I think they they base it off of your search history or your what you're clicking on on your social media, and you're probably clicking a lot of sports stuff. Yeah, that. But I watched that movie the other day. It's pretty good. Pretty good movie. It's one you can't you you start and you can't stop. I'd love to find a scout just to, just in general, you know, not just about this subject. That'd be a good interview. And I'm sure there's some out there. Yeah, and, and uh, probably listening right now. You know, we actually brought it up to Jim one of the times we had lunch, and he immediately whipped his phone out and started texting Josh Holiday. Well, yeah, yeah. About you know, well, maybe we can get. And he was looking at us like, "What do you mean? Yeah, this, this guy's good." It, like I think there might be some concern about him yeah. actually making it to Stillwater. Yeah, from the OSU side of things, obviously not here. That'd be a pretty cool thing. Uh, all the research I could do: it's the first Division One signee from Elk City since 2007, which was a double Division One signee year. That can't have happened very often in Elk City high school history. And who was that? Kay Davis and Jennifer. Back then, DeGarmo. That's right. Kate played basketball at OU. Jennifer played, started at uh, Wichita State. So That's right. Cool stuff. Very, very, very cool stuff there yesterday for uh, Cash. Congratulations to him and the family. It's Baseball's been in their blood for years and years and years. And uh, it's kind of the, the first culmination of, of all the hard work and all the dedication. And, I mean, the parents, Monty and Jenny, gosh, I can't even imagine the hours and the money that it takes, you know, in that in that position. So, kudos on them. Last night, high school. Wait, wait, go wait, ahead. Final thought. I, I mean, and I'd love to to ask his parents this question: Is was when did they know that this kid was special, right? Or is this like a natural thing, or he just had the drive when you took him to lessons and you played year round? I mean, I wonder when they knew as a parent. I mean, think about. For us, you and I, what we do in the fall, how many times would we be at Big Elk Stadium at one thirty on a Friday afternoon, 2 o'clock, whatever time, you know, nobody was there. Mm-hmm. And who would we see running 400s or running stairs? That's it's right. Him. That's right. He was out there all the time, all by himself. It wasn't a – it was just him. Running sprints, running stairs, running long, you know, whatever it might be. He was out there almost every single time, all by himself. I think I remember when he was an eighth grader, and it was at a football game. It was pregame. We weren't even on air yet. And he was on the sideline just, you know, in street clothes and just whipping that ball like 40 yards easy oh, in yeah. the air. And I thought – and I remember saying, who is that kid? Uh, that's uh, that's Monty's son, <laughs> and he doesn't play football. <laughs> yeah, he did then. Yeah, yeah. So he, he broke did. his hand. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, that's yeah, probably a bad idea. Forget this. Yeah, uh, good stuff. Yep. Uh, last night, high school hoops, the small school ranks. You had Bingeroni beating Arapo Butler, fifty-four to forty-three on the girls' side, fifty-one to forty-six on the boys. Hammond and Cheyenne Raiden split. Lady Warriors 57-44 winners over the Lady Bears. The Bears got the revenge in the boys game 62 to 52. 
Sentinel swept Eric, 41-17 in the girls, 61-41 in the boys. Leedy swept Sharon Mutual, 78-7 in the girls, 76-22 in the boys. And then Hollis got things started last night with a couple of wins down in Blair, 56-25 on the girls' side, 66-51 on the boys' Kind of got me to thinking about the, you know, like I said, I thought the rankings were this week, and it turns out they're not until next week. So when you look at the the record so far for the teams that we cover, and I'm going to throw Sentinel in here as well because they've got off to really good starts on both the girls and the boys' side. I think you know Hammond's obviously going to be ranked on the girls' side. Leedy's going to be ranked on the girls' side. I think Canute is going to be a team that maybe people weren't sure about. But at five and one, how can they not be in the first top twenty in Class A? I'd easily put them top twenty. Sure, yeah. That last game a week ago was a wake up call, and maybe a good one. But um, you know, showing some things that they need to work on. Now they got a tough test on Friday against the Merritt girls, but I think they're they're proving that they're going to be perennial top twenty team under Coach Coach Riddling. That's another one. Hollis and Merritt just got started. Hollis won last night. Merritt's uh, beat Cordell on Monday night. I think the Lady Oilers are certainly going to be somewhere in that top 20, if not top 10 or higher with what they brought back off of last year's Yeah, team. they got an early test over at the birth of Frank Teague. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about the five counting and what that means. Let's see what they do over there in Ada. And, and they, Even they return a lot. They got a deep bench as usual. It's a good program under Coach Doherty. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do this season. Boys side. Canute, the biggest surprise of the teams here at five and one. They're so athletic. I I, I don't know if surprise is the word. Maybe maybe uh, pleased if you're a mm-hmm. Canute fan because of what they were last year. So young and made a lot of mis- youthful mistakes, and they look like they've cleaned that up. They're they're making smarter decisions. They're hitting their shots. That they can surprise some people. I think if you're not ready for them, if they can hit those shots. Now they got uh, you know they got Luke Spitz, but. No size might be an issue underneath if that if it comes to that, but if they if they can hit their shots, they got some sharp shooters on that team. Jackson Beck, mainly one of them, of course, uh, 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 Butler. I, I'm you know, and then Friday night too. I mean, uh, Merritt's always they always produce a good team, and there's going to be some other challenges down the road. And I was just thinking about this last night. You know, we talk about you know Sentinel being one of those really good teams in, in boys, and we've had this discussion before. But who else, mm-hmm. right? So. Canute can, I think, if you're not ready for them and if they're hitting their shots, look out because they almost did that to Sentinel. Yeah, Cheyenne Raiden four and two, maybe a, a pleasant surprise. Yeah, Leedy four and two, they're always going to be what they are. And then a team that I would say is going to get better and better through the year because of the adjustment they've had to make early on to a different style and a different coaching, uh, a different guy on the sideline. I'd say Hammond two and three now. But you can already see them starting to improve. Early season, they were getting mm-hmm. kind of blown out. Now, even in losses, though, they're playing people a lot tougher. That would be the one team on the boys' side that I would say, yeah, watch out. They're going to be better by the time it's over than they are now. And then on the girls' side, how about Cheyenne? Yeah, I know they're young, young, but that can be a team to be able to watch out for as they move along the year on the year as well. Coach Carlson's got a group of freshmen, I'm told, that have been playing together for a long time like year round you know and uh you know with that raven squad and, and stuff like that so uh, i think last night um just from because i was driving i wasn't able to, to watch but i was uh, getting some messages saying that looks like cheyenne jumped out on hammond early mm-hmm. but then hammond settled down and he got the win but cheyenne kind of like canute can surprise some people with their youthfulness and they're gonna be good they're just gonna get better each year with that, if that group stays together. Talking some high school basketball and pleased to be joined now by the head coach of the Elk City Elkettes, it's Mr. Sean Ham. Coach Ham, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys today? Hey, before we really dive into what uh, what you're here to talk about, give us your thoughts on what happened yesterday afternoon. Do you like the hire of the co-coordinators with Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley, or were you looking at something a little bit more splashy in your mind? Uh, indifferent. I mean... <laughs> The stuff I read, I mean, they're really high on literal and stuff and, and stuff. He seems like he's going to keep a lot of the continuity and stuff. And the stuff I read last night was all positive, kind of looking at some of his stuff he's done in the past, where he's been and stuff. So I think he'll do a great job. Yeah, I just pulled up an article. It's a big old long one that I started reading, and then I didn't really get through it yet. So it's, I'm going to reserve my opinion until tomorrow. Perfect. All right, so how's it going? Whoa, How, whoa, whoa, what, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't have him in here. 
because I got a brother here with me, a Texas Ranger. Oh, fan. no. <laughs> I don't care what happened yesterday. What about November 1, buddy? <laughs> How are you reacting oh. on that on that night? That was a good day. That we waited so long for. No, that was a good day. I didn't. I was afraid I was going to be one of those people in my entire lifetime and didn't see my team win the World Series. Amen. And after, after the nightmare of decade ago, it was nice. And so, no, that was a – I really didn't think we would compete this year for that. I thought maybe we'd get in the playoffs or something, but the uh, the masterful Bochi, he's the man. I keep on waiting for my phone to light up, but it just hasn't yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be nice to him today. <laughs> well, and then, I mean, heck, it's kind of the year of ham because your alma mater is now what, playing for the high school, the Class C state title? How about them Ryan Cowboys? Let's see, I was, I was, that was going to be my question. What are they? The <laughs> Ryan Cowboys. Ryan, the Ryan Cowboys. Yep. Supposedly, Pistol Pete came from Ryan. Supposedly. That was a story that was there when I was growing up. But we had Pistol Pete, orange and black in our hallways and stuff. And, and so, but anyway. Now, for those that don't know, where is Ryan? Way down south. Uh, 45 minutes south of Duncan. It's about the size of Hammond. It's not, not very big, eight-man and stuff, but... So they, you know, in the 90s, they were a big juggernaut. I think they went to four or five straight state championships and lost to Morrison. Morrison every every time. Every time. And so they've already played Tipton once this year. Uh, I think they lost by eight uh, in a district game. So Ryan got second. So uh, maybe they'll avenge that loss this Friday. So I'll be be with them in spirit. Man, that's a pretty good district if you get the state title game. It is, and I, and, I, and I think they're pretty young. I, well, I say pretty young. I, I think the majority of their team comes back next year, so they may have a run here for a couple of years to kind of go compete for it. All right, so speaking of young, I know you've got some youth on your team uh, coming up this year. Um, gone are some names that, gosh, I'd said for four years uh, off of last year's team, but you know, you, you do have returners. Ella got a bunch of time. Abby got a bunch of time. Elo, and then Kaz, we saw her a little bit as well. So uh, tell us kind of what you've seen so far in, in the preseason leading up to Friday night in Weatherford. You know, uh, we are very youthful this year. I think we've got three seniors, uh, Emily Lawrence, you referenced her, uh, Summer Weeby and Arleth Luna. They're, they're going to be our three seniors this year. Uh, we're, we're, we're in the growing stages right now. We, we do some really good stuff and then, uh, we do some kind of youthful, goofy stuff at times, but I told I've gone home and told my wife every day after practices and scrimmages. I said the the mistakes we're making. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> it's 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 just not knowing yet. It's not gelling together enough. <clears throat> it's not because we're not playing hard. We're not giving maximum effort. Not going as hard as we can. And so as a coach, that's all you can ask for. And uh, you know we're we're going to do some different stuff this year to kind of curtail to to our strengths and and whatnot. But. Uh, we're really looking forward to a positive season this year. What do you view as those strengths, at least right now, going into the season? I'd say right now, uh, pr- probably our speed, uh, getting up and down the floor. We, we've got some girls that are really good, I mean, pretty quick, really good tracksters and stuff. Uh, even our post girls, Emily and Kaz and, and Lou Wyatt, and they can get up and down the floor for some tall girls really well. And so I've been really pleased with how we run the floor and transition and get back on defense and stuff. So I'd say right now that's pro- probably what I'm looking forward to the most. When not in transition, your half court set much of the same. Uh, any wrinkles? Anything you want to tell us? Pro- probably the same stuff that we've done in the past. Uh, our, again, our our guard our guard play is probably what we're going to try to hang our hat on. Uh, a lot we, with our speed, try to create some driving lanes for those girls and try to get to the basket and then kick out to our shooters or, or dump it down into the post uh, for some easy baskets that way. Now, individually, we've seen now Abby kind of in control of the offense for the last two years, and I, I think you saw obvious growth from freshman to sophomore and, and you know, decision-making. And also, you know, she's as quick as anybody out there. Talk about what you're looking forward to and seeing her in her growth as a junior and really kind of the, you know, what would be the leader as far as minutes played, kind of almost her team now. Yeah, she's going to have to take control of the offense, and and she's done a really good job. She's trying to strike that balance right now 
uh, as you referenced, we lost a lot of pieces. So there's times where where maybe she's trying to do a smidge too much, uh, trying to carry all the weight on her shoulders, and, and she doesn't have to do that. But, uh, again, just trusting our teammates and trusting each other. But, you know, last week we scrimmaged, and I, I told her she did a great job of getting in there, getting getting our shooters involved, kicking out, and then she's a great finisher at the basket and stuff. So, you know, just just trying to find that perfect balance of being attacking, being aggressive, but at the same time, make sure you know when that double team does come, let's make sure we kick to the open open girl and the open shooter, and and just make the right play, not trying to do too much. Uh, schedule, I mean, this foray in this area in this conference, you get some tough opponents, and it starts on Friday night against Weatherford. I mean, you don't talk about Weatherford, but talk about the schedule as a whole and how that makes you better. Man, our our conference is it, it's a juggernaut for sure. I think I think every year that that I've been here and our in the went since we kind of merged into this conference, I think we're well represented in the state tournament. Three or four teams every single year. I think last year Tuttle and Bethany were there. Kingfisher was there. Uh, Anadarko has been there a lot. Weatherford was playing to go there on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's just no nights off. Uh, you know, it, it, but like you said, it, it does prepare you for, for, for the district play, for for the tournaments, for the regionals, all that stuff. So uh, there, there's no there's no nights off. Uh, even when we go to Childress next week, playing all those Texas teams, I've watched some film on them. You know, on that first day, we're playing two games on Thursday, that first day. And so, but it's great. You know, we get to find out what kind of kids we've got. And our, our girls love the challenge. They, they love to go compete. So, so that's a, we, we think that's a good thing. You know, in your time here, not only as the head coach, but then also down in the junior high, last year, how much different is it going to be for you? Because I don't know that you've ever coached a game, either as the head coach or as a, the assistant, and not looked out there and saw Haley and Kaylin. And all, you know, how much different is it going to be just kind of looking out there and going, where'd they go? You, you know, it, it, it's it's more so for Coach Taylor. We have to Coach Taylor. That's that's not her name. You know, <laughs> getting getting Coach Taylor to learn the names. But sorry, Coach Taylor. But 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 you know, you're right. I mean, had, had Kaylin and and Haley and and Riley and all all them girls. I think I was their eighth grade coach or or freshman coach and whatnot. So so there's a big change in stuff and. Uh, Again, just when you've depended on so many girls, I mean, so for so long, when the when the next group comes in, just everybody settling in, into their role and and me figuring out who to get the ball to and where to go to and but but again, we're we're really excited for the group we've got for the core we've got. They they seem to be gelling better every time we touch the floor. They seem to have great attitudes. They seem to get along with each other. Uh, say, you know, one of the things we we talk a lot about is. Uh, is our body language and our attitudes on the bench and stuff. And I remember last year, you know, somebody make a three and everybody on the bench stands up or, or whatever it was. And, you know, the same thing happened the other day. So, so those things have continued on with the girls that we've gotten. And, and so we're just looking to continue what all those girls have put before us and, and just keep carrying on and, and move forward. Yeah, and there's going to be some names that we've heard a little bit but are going to have to step up into roles that they just haven't had to play yet. One of those that we saw – uh, toward the end of the season, especially really affect things on defense was Cass. Cass Ulrich, you know, in the post, uh, I thought she was in spurts, was really, really good defensively. Talk about her growth throughout the summer and now, not, not only on defense, I mean, I think that's kind of a, a given, but where she's kind of grown on the offensive side to help you put up points. Yeah, Caslin Kaz, wants it really, really bad, and and you can tell in the, how hard she works all the time. She she got on a summer team and traveled a lot this summer, as, as did a bunch of our girls. But she she puts so much effort in in into what she wants to become, and her size gives a lot of people people problems. But something I've noticed uh, last week and, and stuff, it, it's not just around the rim anymore. Uh, we kick some balls out to her 8, 10, 12 feet from the basket. She's developed a lot of really good touch, hit some nice shots. Her free throw sh- uh, strokes looking a lot better. And so just her growth and, and her just being a sophomore, we're, we're hoping she'll continue to grow a little bit. But, man, her, she gets it down there and Coach Taylor working on her post moves every day and just the fundamentals, and and she and she's going to be a really bright spot for us this year. Well, that's a question I just come up with. And back when, when, when I mean, 20-plus years ago when I played, and, and um, you know, there was no such thing as – very little amount of travel teams. So all you did in the off season was team camps, maybe volunteer workouts, and then of course the stuff leading up to the season. How do you feel about you know all the options of 
of these travel teams, you know, all your girls going maybe play for a couple over here in this one, a couple over here in that one, and then coming back together, or would you prefer them to kind of stick together? How do you feel about that? I, I've always been a proponent of I want everybody to go play, whatever it is, whatever team you're on, but I've also been a proponent of school ball comes first. And so I want them to go do all this stuff, but when we have team camps in the summer, I expect them to show up and be a part of our team, and, and they did that. You know, our team camps are kind of during the week, you know, kind of Monday through Thursday kind of thing, Monday through Friday, uh, depending on where you go. And uh, their tournaments are generally on the weekends and stuff. And and it's hard, you know, uh, softball. We have a bunch of softball tournaments out here uh, because of our complex and our field and stuff. Our parents that drive our kids, they're having to go to the city for practice once, twice a week, stay in hotels. And I don't know if you guys have been to a uh, weekend game yet, but it's about 15 bucks to get in the door for one day. Yep. And so it, it, it's expensive, but we've, got, we've gotten more girls going every single year. And, and uh, we're actually in talks maybe trying to get some stuff out here to the Arrowhead maybe this next summer and try to generate some excitement and stuff. But I, I want them to go play. You know, if, if it's at the park, if it's at the gym, if it's on a team, but when the bell rings and it's time for team stuff, I expect you to show up, and they always do. So I don't have any problems with that whatsoever. As a parent that has a kid that's doing this travel stuff, please get that stuff to the Arrowhead <laughs> Center. Please. Deal. <laughs> uh, some, some new faces that I know people are super excited about because of the, the junior high teams that have, that have been the last couple of years uh, with Garbarino, with O'Hara, and some others. Talk about uh, what you kind of expect and, and to see out of them and how they kind of fill in the voids of, of what you need coming up this season. Yeah, we, we've had some pretty good junior high groups. Uh, you know, Coach Dennard's moved on. He, he was a big part of that. And Coach Peffer, uh, he coached them up and stuff. But the junior high is, is starting to get to where we want it to be. So when they get to high school, they can start contributing right away. And uh, we've got a couple girls, Campbell and Lucy and Kylie, you know, even even Kaz last year. Uh, we've got some sophomores, but but our, our, just the development that's happening in our junior high right now is, is going to transfer into our high school and, and make us more competitive. So uh, we're looking forward to the, some of those girls. Uh, we know they're really excited, uh, you know. There, there's going to be some some growing pains and, and stuff, but that that's okay. They they have proven through practice and, and our scrimmages that they deserve to be out there, that they can go compete and stuff. So the more they play, the more comfortable they're going to get, and, and it's just it's going to keep going for us. I don't think, just racking my brain, I don't know that anybody in the state of Oklahoma can say that they've got a Hall of Famer coaching a 7th grade girls team. I, I tell you what, uh, when, when Coach McDaniel – when it got to me last year that uh, he he was interested in coming back and, you know, he coached my wife and stuff. And I said, let's get him here, whatever we got to do. And, and uh, Mr. Moran and Coach Hunt and Mr. Sparks uh, did some stuff to make sure that happened. And, and Coach Gino, uh, you know, he's, he's been a big hand in getting our elementary league started and, and stuff. So I, I've got two guys down there that, that are busting their butts to develop to – to get things in the Arrowhead Center to, you know, I think I was still in softball and Coach McDaniel had the girls that weren't playing softball or even that were up there in the gym before school shooting. I mean, he he's still got that fire. He's still got that passion. Uh, so two Hall of Famers, Coach Taylor, Co Coach uh, McDaniel. I've got two pastors on the team to, to try to settle me and Coach Gino down. So <laughs> we, we really like our staff and, and, and think, uh, think it's, a, it's a good thing we've got going on. All right, so we got uh, 6.30, Friday night, season opener, Big Elk TV, the Elk City Elkettes, and the Weatherford Lady Eagles. Coach Amp, thank you so much for coming and joining us. And it just seems like to me, you know, it's just it's meant to be to have a great season because everything, every sports thing you've touched so far this year has turned to gold. I like that. Can, can, can I get a plaque made of that or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. We'll, we'll hang it right here and you can come back I'll and sign it. I'll give Smithy one, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I knew it. We couldn't make it the whole segment without referencing poor John David. We couldn't do it the whole time. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Good luck. Thank you. Hanging out here on a Wednesday. Appreciate Coach Ham's time coming and visiting with us, previewing the Elk City Elkettes season. We'll have Coach Stevens, Sam Stevens, tomorrow with the boys as uh, the basketball is here for everybody starting on Friday. All right, Jared, what were your thoughts yesterday? Are, were you surprised how quickly – 
the offensive coordinator hire happened at Oklahoma, or should we not be because of who was hired? I, There's no reason yeah. to make it go out. No, no yeah, I, I think if it was going to drag on, that would have told us that they were looking outside the program to make a hire, you know, doing the interview process and all that stuff. But, but as quickly as it was, I actually feel, and you know, maybe this comes wisdom with age or something, but I feel comfortable with it. And I think that was the comfortable hire that Venables was making uh, in, in his decision to hire from within. You know, Coach Ham said it, the continuity of it. To, to everyone's gonna, There's not going to be a major overhaul in the offense. There might be some tweaks and maybe less jet sweeps, but there's going to be more familiarity with it. And I think that keeps everybody just, you know, even even recruits. Like, okay, I chose to come to this school because of this offense, and now you just told those guys, we're going to continue to do what we told you we're going to do, more or less. So – I'm okay with it, you know, co-off. But the the thing that I have a little pause, that gave me pause, was the co, you know, co-coordinators. I'm like, okay, so, you know, usually, I don't know. It worked way back, you know, between co-defensive coordinators with, with Mike and, and Brent, and but th- that came to an end. So, I you know, I we'll see how that works out. But I'm comfortable with the hire. I guess that's my answer. How about you? Uh it's impossible to know. <clears throat> I mean, the one thing is, <clears throat> if you look at where Seth, Seth Luttrell has been as an offensive coordinator and how that team was before he got there and how that team was after he got there offensively, they skyrocketed up, at least statistically. Every stop he made, he he turned that offense around almost immediately, whether it be at Arizona, whether it be at North Carolina, where wherever he put up huge numbers. I think it's obvious that the continuity was a huge part of it, not wanting to necessarily change philosophy. Now, like you said, that that doesn't mean the same plays are going to be run. That doesn't even mean the same tempo is going to be run because when you look at Latrell, you know, he's in, in multiple stops. He's He's been like the third or fourth fastest tempo one year and down in the 90s to 100s the next. So what that tells me is, He's catering what he's doing to his personnel, which to me was was what Lincoln Riley was so so good at. He had a philosophy, but he if it in in he he would cater to it though. Whatever he had, one year to the next. I mean, you think about the prolific offense of twenty seventeen and what that looked like with Baker in his last year versus then the next year with Kyler. Similar yet different. Because those guys had similar yet different skill sets that that he was able to take advantage of, and then of course the next year with with Hertz, you know what what he was able to do with those three guys. Well, even sometimes your opponent dictates that too. It can, you know, you want to keep the ball out of your opponent's hands offensively, so slow it down. You know, or, or, you know, it can. That's the one thing that I think is going to be interesting is not necessarily the plays that are called, is the tempo they play with, because. I think you can make the argument and make it pretty well with numbers backing you up. The question was asked, well, what happened to the OU defense this year? God, they looked so good early. And then what? two things, one, injuries. And two, they played the third most snaps of anybody in the country. And part of that is their fault, not getting off the, off the field on third or fourth down. But part yeah. of that's also the, the, the tempo with which the offense played with. Right. Even in, in almost not mattering what the result of those drives were. If it was a fast touchdown, you're still back out there. If it was a fast three and out, you're still back out there. The whole point is you're still back out there quickly. And so that's I think that's one thing that will be super interesting, especially changing the conferences, going to the SEC, how quickly that Latrell and, and Joe John Finley as the co-offensive coordinators, how quickly they want to play versus trying to give their defense a little bit of a break and a little bit of a chance to, to kind of – at their best as well in, in complimentary football it's something we've heard and heard and it seemed like Oklahoma was really good at playing that at times and not very good at playing that at other times and and I think that's something that in order for OU to get back to the to where they want to go it's going to be a must to to make that more of a it has to be that way they have to play better complimentary football in order to to compete at the highest levels of the new conference they're going into this wasn't even the most interesting offensive coordinator hire of the day, though. 
How about Arkansas? Bringing back Bobby Petrino. So that is a done deal. It's done. Bobby Petrino is going to be the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. Okay. <laughs> I mean, kids, if you don't, if you're not old enough or don't remember, 2011, Bobby Petrino uh, resigned in shame after wrecking a motorcycle with uh, a staffer, a young blonde staffer who wasn't his wife on that motorcycle. And now here we are, a little over a decade later, getting the band back together. I mean, listen, if Bobby Petrino doesn't ride a motorcycle out of the tunnel, (laughs) game one in Fayetteville, what are we doing here? (laughs) That that just, listen, there... There is no shame in college football. No. If it helps you win, they're like, oh, hey, we forgive you, Bobby. Who hasn't ridden a motorcycle and crashed it with a staffer that's not your wife? We're all guilty of that in some form or fashion. Come on back to Fayetteville. Sue Piggy, woo! My favorite was when the the, the official like started to come out that, hey, this might really happen. And the, the official line was, uh, Arkansas is vetting Bobby. Really? Vetting him, huh? <laughs> Like you don't know, you don't know about him. All that happened on your yeah. campus. Did you you save the file, right? Did you, <laughs> or did you bury it? So, I mean, to to come full circle with Bobby Petrino is just hilarious because here's here's my thoughts. Nothing Sam Pittman's going to do is going to save his job next year either, because Arkansas is already the worst team in the West. And now you bring in Oklahoma and Texas into the SEC, which they're clearly behind both of those teams. No matter what you think of OU and Texas's opportunities in the SEC, Arkansas is worse than them. Period. End of story. Very much so. So are they really going to end up with Bobby Petrino as the Arkansas Razorbacks head coach in 2025? Is that where we're headed here? Maybe, maybe they're thinking, okay, go get Bobby – and that'll show Pittman you better listen. We got our guy, so this is your make or break year next. Well, surely year. he already knows that, right? Right. So maybe that'll force some changes upon him. Whatever changes are needed. I didn't watch a lot of Arkansas football, and why would you? They're not very good. I watched a whole game on Friday, and Missouri beat them to a pulp. And I watched a bunch of a game back in September, and BYU beat them to a pulp. So, kind of a both thing there. The, the two times I got to watch, it wasn't very uh, wasn't very great for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Let's just say that. Um, what were your thoughts on what you saw last night on the college football playoff rankings? I thought Michigan did enough to go to number one, but um, three for Washington and four for Florida State. I you know I thought the injury thing for Florida State was still. A thing. I didn't study a lot of them playing Florida. Did you? I watched a bunch of that game. How did actually. that quarterback? How did their quarterback look? It was a little rough, but here I said this on Monday. If you want to hold it against Florida State, if if you if you are holding, if you watch that game and you and you or if that's just your choice is to hold it against them, there was plenty of ammo for that. Rodemaker wasn't great, but. Just as we saw, is that with, how you say it? Yeah, it's Rodemaker. It's not Roadmaker. Uh, it's Rodemaker. All right. But just as we saw in Alabama, so so Alabama Auburn. Let's think about that game, right? A miracle that Alabama won that game. You get a break, people's minds, because it's Alabama winning a rivalry game on the road in way more lucky fashion than Florida State did at Florida. I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't know. I don't know that it matters who Florida State's quarterback is all that much. You want to know why? Because that defense is ridiculous. And if you watched it, it's there's there's right there's offense, defense, and special teams. That defense is ferocious. Now, obviously, Florida had a backup quarterback too, in Max Brown from Tulsa, Lincoln Christian, but he didn't have a chance in the second half. Because Jared Verse and whoever else was on that defensive line for Florida State was in his face immediately, and so it, it feels like a double standard. Some teams that won rivalry games, 
they're getting the man. I can't believe how they just stuck with it and. Washington against Washington State. What a play call on fourth and one. Man, they God, they gave him the old college try there. But for Florida State, it's like, oh, the quarterback's not there. So, and in all actuality, they had as much or more control than any of those other two teams. Right. And they were on the road. Yeah, as Well, Washington was at home. Alabama's on the road. Well, what did I say last week? It, why should it come down to one player when that whole team might be pretty dang good? That's and I didn't exactly even mention right. the defense. I was mm-hmm. mentioning the skill guys around – Rodemaker that just you know if he just game manages he's going to be fine because that they they were built for this year outside of their quarterback play and that that the cherry on top was Travis right yeah that that was the cherry but this team overall was is really good and I failed to even realize the defense so th- I think that's deserving right there at four they've done enough all season long and I'll stand on it why punish the entire team I just mentioned because of one guy going down to an unfortunate injury it doesn't seem fair to me so if the top 4 win will the college football playoff be the top 4 if the top 4 win mhm all undefeated yep yeah it, it's it, they've made it simple for themselves the only question is in what order well, my my question would be Michigan or Georgia I think Georgia would have the more impressive win over Alabama than Michigan over Iowa, clearly. Even though Michigan's probably going to blow Iowa's doors off. Michigan also beat Ohio State, and they which beat, is probably uh, better yeah. than anything Georgia's done. That right? is a that's a that's a yeah. That's a, again, that's the only question. The it's only difference is what color jersey you wear and who you play. And but, wear, but maybe. But here's the thing: that Not number, really. if if you believe that Florida State isn't one of the top four, but has to be there, who's one and who's two makes a huge difference. Because whoever's number one in that scenario gets to play Florida State, mm-hmm. which is clearly, in a lot of people's minds, the weaker opponent than, say, Washington. Right, right. So that that actually does make quite a bit of difference. And in, and if all those teams win, the only argument is going to be Texas versus Florida State because everybody else will be two losses. And I guess Ohio State. I, I was shocked. Ohio, I shouldn't be. But Ohio State at six – Whatever. There's no way they get in over Texas and Alabama if it comes to chaos, right? No, if no, if Texas Alabama, I mean, they're playing. If they both win, no, nah, there's, there's they jump Ohio that just State, can't right? Happen? It just can't happen. We're gonna talk scenarios. I mean, tomorrow. we're gonna see. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of scenarios to cover. But if the top four win, then it's gonna be pretty boring on Sunday. I think so. I really, I mean. I think you're right. It's just mapping out. I mean, that's how, okay, they're undefeated. There's only four undefeateds here. The only question is, where do you put who's one, who's two? I mean, Washington would be solid at three. I think that's right. Unless they just come out looking amazing against Oregon and Michigan maybe struggles with Iowa and their defense. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.